Hello, Avid listeners. Welcome to Diving Into Diabetes, the podcast that explores the latest advances and best practices on individualized diabetes care. I'm your lucky host today, Dr. Alexandria Ratsky-Lewing. I'm a professor and diabetes epidemiologist at Western University in London, Ontario, Canada. Joining me today and our guest of honor is Dr. Stuart Harris, esteemed award-winning diabetologist, guidelines expert, and professor at Western University. Currently, Dr. Harris also heads up one of Canada's leading family medicine practices specializing in the care of people with diabetes. Thanks, Alex. It's a pleasure to be on the program today. Today, we'll be discussing one of our very favorite topics and one that is crucial, if not the most important to effective diabetes management. That is hypoglycemia or low blood glucose, which is a distressing and potentially lethal side effect to two commonly used diabetes medications, insulin and secretagogues. Specifically, we'll be delving into the recent 2023 Diabetes Canada Hypoglycemia Management Guidelines that was published in the Canadian Journal of Diabetes this past August. Now, I know we have a lot of questions for Dr. Harris, and I'll do my best to tackle what at least I think are the most pressing ones. But to start with some surface-level context, the last Diabetes Canada chapter was published five years ago in 2018. This 2018 chapter was only three pages. Compare that to today's chapter, which is seven. The author block today is also quite different, with the addition of several allied healthcare professionals now represented, as opposed to only physicians. Stuart, you were the chair of the 2003 Diabetes Canada Guidelines. Based on your expertise and experiences, what do you think these changes represent from a guideline and care perspective? That's right, Alex. In 2003, I had the privilege of chairing our National Diabetes Clinical Practice Guidelines. Believe it or not, it was in these guidelines that we added the first ever chapter on hypoglycemia. I'm relieved to see it has stood the test of time and even expanded in scope and emphasis. Compared to the 2018 chapter, this recent iteration includes a lot more information on the frequency and risk factors of hypoglycemia, the diverse and physical and psychosocial impacts of events, as well as targeted prevention strategies. I think it's fantastic that allied health professionals are now lending voice and perspective to how diabetes care is provided in Canada. After all, diabetes is a chronic and multifaceted disease that is best managed with a multidisciplinary healthcare team approach. I 100% agree. The guidelines are so comprehensive, even technical at times. How do you think the newly updated guidelines will translate in practice? And in what ways will it change care? Well, the use of second-generation basal insulins which confer a lower risk of hypoglycemia, especially nocturnal hypoglycemia, are, are highlighted as a key feature. The importance of CGM as a strategy to support people with diabetes and clinicians to become more aware of their hypoglycemia is also emphasized. Individual glycemic targets for at-risk populations such as elderly are uh, mentioned. They also help identify individuals at risk and focus on important patient-centered issues such as fear of hypoglycemia and how that impacts on people living with diabetes and their daily living with trying to manage their blood sugars. This last point you made, identifying people at risk of hypoglycemia. Now, you and I have worked extensively on how clinicians, particularly in outpatient real-world settings, can identify those who are at greatest risk. Why is this important? And shouldn't hypoglycemia prevention strategies be standard practice for all those with diabetes on insulin or secretagogues? Well, firstly, as you mentioned at the outset of this program, hypoglycemia is a major concern. People with diabetes live with the real concern, and experiencing hypos will thereby make their many lifestyle and therapeutic decisions that may or may not align with what their healthcare providers have recommended. 
It also not only affects the person living with diabetes, but their family members and coworkers, for example. And this is also featured in the Diabetes Canada chapter. From the HCP perspective, the key recommendations directed to clinicians emphasize the importance of being aware of the impact that hypoglycemia can have on the person living with diabetes as, and their lives and the need to probe more carefully, not just on hypo risk, but the medications their patients are taking, such as safer insulin and the risk that SUs have, especially in combination with insulin, as well as other patient-specific risk factors, whether there may be hypo-unawareness, for example, and thereby hopefully be more clinically supportive. As you mentioned earlier on in this episode, there's a lot of focus on how clinicians can prevent hypoglycemia in this chapter. I was personally impressed by the thoroughness with which different pharmacotherapies were highlighted. Can you give us a quick review and commentary of these strategies? Well, just to touch on a few, deintensification was discussed, uh, and this is particularly relevant, as I've already mentioned, in elderly patients and other high-risk individuals. There's preference on medications that confer a lower risk of hypoglycemia, such as second-generation basal insulins. I would have liked to see more emphasis, however, on avoiding combination insulin secretagogues. use. This was really not touched on much in, these, uh, in this chapter. While clinicians, we might intuitively know that this is less than ideal as a therapeutic regimen, in the real world, we see that it is still quite commonly practiced. The advent of newer and safer therapies has no doubt changed the landscape of diabetes care. But the other new heavy hitter in the field of diabetes care provision is continuous glucose monitoring. Where do these devices fit into the story of diabetes care provision, and how well do you think the use of CGM was conveyed in this recent guideline iteration? The guidelines recommend the use of CGM to detect unrecognized hypoglycemia in anyone at risk of events. I like that they did not specify that they had to be on insulin. They also recommended its use in combination with pumps and among those with impaired awareness. When CGM becomes wholly and truly publicly accessible, it will finally become a standard of care. Thanks, Stuart. I think we've all really appreciated your comprehensive review and commentary of the guidelines. Do you have any final thoughts? In particular, I'm curious to know, do you think anything was missed in these guidelines? And what do you foresee will be added to the next round of guidelines? Well, while the guidelines did well to evolve from previous iterations, uh, there was still little emphasis on cultural determinants of hypoglycemia, which we know are known risk factors. And as an example, people who f uh, follow Ramadan uh, and daytime fasting, Lot, there is lots of focus on fear of hypoglycemia, which I thought was a huge addition to this uh, new iteration, which is fantastic, but there is little discussion on the fear of hyperglycemia, not just hypoglycemia. As I mentioned already, combination of secretagogue and insulin therapy was not adequately discussed. Also, the role of time below range, and not just events, could have been more developed. So in the next round, I think we'll see way more on the role of technology to prevent hypoglycemia, uh, and how newer therapies are also impacting reducing risk for hypoglycemia. Thanks again, Dr. Harris, for joining me today and discussing the latest 2023 Diabetes Canada hypoglycemia chapter. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again for listening to this latest installment of the Diving into Diabetes podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, or Google. And be sure to stay tuned for new releases.